church stand because of your generosity. Would you pray with me? Um, we just want to pray a prayer blessing over that. Father, we're so grateful for your blessings in our lives. Thank you for caring for us, for loving us. Father, that you give us resources to steward well. And I pray that as we steward those, that you would expand them, Lord, and bless us in so many different ways. Thank you that you give us the opportunity right now to steward all the things that you've given to us in our hands. And I pray that we be good stewards of the resources that you've given to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go to a video right now, and then we'll be starting service. Hi, everyone. I'm Tess, and I work on the creative team here in Urbana. It has been a crazy, challenging, strange last few days, hasn't it? Today, we thought it would be great to take some time to process together some of the emotions, thoughts, questions that we're having. So today, we want to have a conversation that we hope will help you navigate what it means to be a citizen of heaven first and also a citizen of the United States. So we've asked some of our pastors to share their hearts with us. We invite you to listen to the Holy Spirit now as we engage with this panel. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, as Tess just announced, we are going to have a panel of our, some of our pastors that are going to help us uh, kind of navigate through these times. You know, we had an, an interesting uh, week, as you all are aware, and we just wanted to give you um, some perspective that we all carry uh, because we are citizens of heaven. So on stage with us today, we have Clay Harrington, we have Hap <laughs> Layman, Jamie, a pastor here. Jim is pastor here, and our good friend, Putty Putney. And I'm Karen Goss. So while we are um, looking at being citizens of heaven, one of the things that um, I had a question about right off the bat, and Hap, I'm going to address this to you, and we're going to jump right in because we don't have a whole lot of time, but um, Hap, I'm going to address this question to you. In this unprecedented time, what is grounding you? You've seen a lot in your lifetime. What, how are you grounding yourself in these times? I guess when you're the oldest, you get asked first. But, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I, I was trying to figure out on my way down here. I think I've been through, I'm 72, so I've lived through, I think, 18 or so presidential elections, participated in many of them. And I've never seen a strange, all the first 17 aren't as strange as the 18th. So when I get in a situation like this, the very first thing I do is I say, Lord, I'm lost. I don't know where to head, what to do, or what to think in any way, shape, or form. So I go to what I do know, and I do know the Bible. And I don't know everything about the Bible, but I know it's my solid rock. It's on that rock I stand. And so my first thing is, what do I know about God? I know he's good, he loves me, he cares about me. What do I know about me? I'm his kid, he loves me, he's excited about me, he wants good things for me. So the very first thing I do is I realize, okay, nothing's really changed in those two categories. And when I can start there, I have a foundation that I can begin to build on. And I'll say more as I go along, but my, my rock always is Jesus Christ, who he is, who I am, and what he's asked me to do. Thanks, Abby. If anybody else has a has anything they want to add in, yeah, you're welcome yeah, to. Yeah, like Matthew 7 uh, all day. I mean, you know, like what are you building your foundation on, right? And I think that that's so important, you know, to hear 
the wisdom coming from Hap all these years, what's kept him grounded is, is the word. I mean, just being, you know, deep in the word. And, and so, you know, you think about, you know, the parable of Jesus and how he talked about what are we building our foundation on? What are we really founded on? If we're founded on sand, we're going to be found out real quick. With whatever, whatever, uh, politics, whatever issues going on in America, uh, in the world, whatever. But if we're on the rock, that's that's the safe bet. So I, I love I love that wisdom. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think one of the things um, that's helpful sometimes is for us to realize, and I think Hap made this comment maybe even last Tuesday, but you know we we so often base things on on this season on election of like I'll be happy if whatever. Um, and actually, our happiness isn't based on that. Or it's on who we are. It's our identity in Jesus and who we are as a child of the King. I think that's, that's hard, and it, it still does that make it everything doesn't just um, wonderfully just get in, taken away from us, all the tension, but it is real life. And so I think we have this kind of tendency to think that if, if this happens, then everything will be okay, and I'll be, just be able to just go, go into life and it'll be a party from here on, and it's just not real. And so I think that's for myself, just the realization that there has always things going on in our world that need our attention and that need um, a godly influence. And so we can be that light no matter what, no matter how this thing goes. And so it's always there. Jamie, if I can just direct this to you then, as a mom, you know, as a parent, um, as a working woman, how does this, how do you ground yourself? Well, I think my brain is going a thousand miles per second in my life. And so I really want to sit down and read my Bible, but I want to be transparent with you guys and say sometimes I just can't focus to do that. So I've actually found if I have an app where I can listen to someone read the Bible and then turn on worship music, yes. it has really helped me to focus better on what Jesus says about me and my identity. And as a parent, I've actually been doing that in front of my children because I want them to see this is how it's modeled. This is how we do it when we come up against whatever it is in life. We stop, we listen to the word, and we worship Jesus. And so that has really helped ground our, our whole family in this season. That's good. Hap, you're holding the microphone like you want to say something else. Do you want to say something else? No, just force he a just habit. Standing, hey, I'm he's ready. just standing by. But he's just standing by. He's ready for whatever. <laughs> ready for whatever. I like that. Uh, that's good. And, and I think this is a time when we just have to be so intentional to keep ourselves grounded, right? It's not going to happen unless we make it happen. So really appreciate that input. Um, would love to talk a little bit about how we're processing this moment with respect to God. So this is, this is a bit of an odd moment. There, you know, every election, there is all kinds of prophetic inputs. There is all kinds of, um, you know, well, this is what I think God is saying or God said or whatever. Um, at this point, it's looking like much of the prophetic input and the trajectory of things are headed perhaps in different directions. And that might make us begin to ask some question marks about faith. Did we, did we miss it? Is this God's will? Is it not? How does all of that work? Um, you know, we are people who believe in the kingdom. And what I would love to hear is, how are you guys processing this moment with respect to what is God doing? <laughs> well, that's, a good, that's a good question. I, uh, one of the things that I continually have to go back to is something actually School Kingdom Ministry 
kind of comes back into my mind of like, is God in control? Is God in charge? And some of you shake your heads and some of you are like, what are you talking about? We probably can't unpack it completely today. So I'll make a shameless plug for School of Kingdom Ministry, I guess, in that. But um, pat me on the back later, buddy, for that. But anyway, uh, I think the reality is we so badly want God to be just like, mm, mm, mm. And yet in reality, we are fighting a war. Like there's just this warfare all around us, like, right? Like if, if, you, if you are ill, if you are, and we have a number of people who are battling with cancer right now, you, you're fighting a war. Like, it's, it's a physical thing that's going on in you. Um, I just talked to another person the other day that I didn't know that was in, in that particular situation. So there's a war that's going on. Um, you know, like, people are like, was well, that God's will that we get sick, or, or is, is he in charge? I, I think that's something we have to at least wrestle with to some degree. And it's really easy just to say, and I've seen it on Facebook, so it must be true. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, so, like, God's in control, so it's going to all be okay. Is that true? So I, help us out here, guys. How are we, pro, how are we processing that? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, Chris Ballatin had a, a live, Facebook live video he put out just yesterday. And, and why I respect this man so much is because he knew as a prophet of God, he had a responsibility to apologize to the people because he missed it. He missed it on a prophetic word saying that, you know, Trump was going to be reelected or Trump was going to, you know, take office again. He chose to do that. And one of the things that he, you know, I bring that up because one of the things he, he, he spoke about is this pressing in as a church to humility. I think that as um, over the course of the few years that we've been doing this, um, this, this election cycle and how things have been ramping up, there has been, uh, I've seen and I've noticed, there's just been this ramping up of, of I'm going to allow the, this division to eat my lunch. I'm going to allow this, this polar opposition and tension to really, really um, make me act a certain way, not like a citizen in heaven. And I think that one of the things that Chris said was he challenged the church, we've got to come back to the spirit of humility and unity. And, and wh whether or not we miss, missed it or not, whether or not we voted for Donald Trump or Joe Biden, all that's, you know, what, what, whatever. The issue here is, as a church, how can we be stronger together? Mm -hmm. And I think that I love, love, love what Chris had to say because you had a person go say, hey, I apologize, I missed it, but what's the deeper lesson here for us all to learn as a church? Let's stay hungry for humility and, and unity as we move forward. And I, I think we need to keep several things in mind. First of all, uh, this vote wasn't on about Jesus Christ. You know, we, we sometimes get our um, priorities out of order. Jesus has his spot forever. And uh, we're not voting him in or out. In fact, Psalm 2 is an interesting psalm to read right now where the nations say they're going to take on the Lord and the Lord laughs and uh, he puts his son in charge and all that. So read Psalm 2, meditate on it. There's lots of stuff in there. We won't get into it this morning. Uh, second of all, uh, when we start putting our hope in people, it sometimes colors our prophecies. Our prophecies usually come through a, a hose, a garden hose, and a, the hose has a little bit of junk in there, and so usually let the water run a little before you drink the first gulp. Um, we tend to prophesy out of our own worldview, and the Bible says we see darkly, uh, through a glass darkly, and 
the prophets are amazingly accurate at times and amazingly disappointing at other times. And I'm, I love the prophets. I prophesy myself sometime. I prophesied over some of you. It's come to pass. I prophesied sometimes over myself, and it hadn't come to pass. So you know how that goes. But I, I'm not to the point where I throw the prophets out, but I just say we need to keep things in perspective because God's kingdom is rolling. It's better today than yesterday because it's a mustard seed that's growing. It's going to cover the whole earth. And so how do we tuck in as ambassadors to this world? You know, if we were ambassadors to um, China and it got an even worse government than it had, that technically um, doesn't affect us. If it got a better government than it had, that doesn't affect us. We represent the kingdom we come from. And it's important to keep these things prioritized in your life. If you don't, you'll get sucked into, well, what if, what if, and this could happen, that could happen. They all could happen. But we have a king that's given us a, a North Star we can follow. And I think that really helps me focus my life. I hope it helps you. Jamie, you want to add anything? I don't want yeah, to catch you Yeah, I was trying to process in my mind. Take aside the election. You know, anytime things happen in our life where we, we question, is this God's will? Was this God's doing? Is God in control? Something that has helped me is to think about things that have happened in my past where I have been in that same moment. And what was the outcome of that? And so the first thing I think about is 11 years ago, my marriage just failed. It just really disintegrated. And it's like, that was not God's will. And that was not, well, God is in control, so he did that. God, he didn't do that. That was two people making choices that did that. And here we have a whole nation of people making choices. So I, I would say that I don't believe that God is in control the way that we say it. But I do believe, and the Bible says, that he works all things to our good. And we still have a part to play. Like we like to say around here, everyone gets to play. So regardless of what people's choices happen to make things happen in our lives and our circumstances, we always have a part to play. And when I look back on when I stepped into my part to play, amazing things happened. When I partnered with Jesus in the circumstance that I was in and didn't say necessarily change the circumstance, but said change me and how can I partner, I saw my marriage come to restoration. I saw my family restored. I saw miracles happen. And so that gives me faith of things that happened that God did in the past, it gives me faith for the future. How much more then does God want to heal our land? How much more then does God want to heal our country? And so that's where I can tap into and set aside my circumstances and say that God is faithful. He has been faithful. He will continue to be faithful, and I get to partner in that. I think what I, what I love in that, Jamie, is not only your faith and your passion of it, but there's so much truth in that and when I look at the circumstances, you know, in my personal life, you know, and I look at the people who are involved in my life, you know, I can look at them through the lens of Jesus. I can look at him at them through love. And they might be not choosing to do things the way that I would choose to do things. They might be making decisions that I would not be. But there are parts of them that I get to love, that I get to reflect back you know, not only my own life, but who they are. And when you talked about um, 
you know, God being, um, um, working all things together. That has been a life verse for me. Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That is a verse that I have lived by, I have fought through, I have stood on, even when things in front of me didn't look like it was happening. I believed it. I had faith in it. And because I did and do and will continue, I'm just curious to know, like, is there a verse that you all kind of hang your hat on, that you hang your faith on, that you hang your truth on? Not even just during this time, maybe just during this time, because I know life verses change, but is there a verse that you has, that's been called to mind through this time? I guess everybody's looking this way. I don't know. <laughs> anybody? Okay. Yeah. Anybody? Not all at once. <laughs> I, th I think. Go ahead. Oh. Okay. If they're gonna pass the mic to me, all right. <laughs> Galatians two twenty all day. I mean, that's the one I hang my hat on. I mean, I you know, if I was getting tattoos, I'd probably tat that right on my chest, right, big and bold, right. Um, Galatians 2.20, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith to the Son of God who, who loved me so much that he died for me. And I, and I think that I, I would hang my hat on that script because at the end of the day, that's what kind of brings me back into alignment. Wait, wait a minute. Let's make the main thing the main thing. I'm, I'm dead. Jesus Christ lives in me, right? And what is, how is Jesus now seeing, operating in the election or operating in politics, 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 okay, politics, and how can I participate, right? What are you doing, God, right now, and how can I participate? Mm -hmm. Because if I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Jesus who lives in me, I've got to make sure that Jesus is partnering with me in such a way that I am so heavenly minded that I am earthly incredible. And so I think that that's one of those, you know, trademark verses for me all day. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think, go ahead, or half, I don't want to interrupt you, but. Well, I just always go to Psalm 23. Whenever I'm in trouble, it's Psalm 23. I dial it up. Lord, I'm in deep trouble. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know what I'm thinking, but my cup overflows. And I think, oh, I'm okay. He's yeah. still in charge. I'm just one of his sheep. And if I actually raised sheep, and I was in charge of their lives. He's in charge of my life. Yeah, and so uh, I also live by a little theory that nothing's ever as good as it seems or as bad as it seems. Um, for those of you who are disappointed, I would remind you that Trump didn't solve all the problems of the world um, in his four years, and I will prophesy, and I'm guaranteed this will come true, um, <laughs> we won't have all the problems solved in four Absolutely. more years. We'll still have plenty of things we're irritated about, Absolutely. and you'll be amazed what they'll talk about in 2024 that that character in the White House didn't do, like we heard the character didn't, this one didn't do. It, it just, it goes back and forth. It's sort of the tit for tat thing. And um, so I've just kind of learned to live in the middle ground, uh, trust in the Lord. My big shepherd's going to take care of me. My big brother is better than anybody else. And I'm tucking into his shadow and hanging on. Good. So, yeah. 
I, I mean, I would tend to use the Romans verse myself just because for me personally, what switches and shifts sometimes in time is where I'm at. Like, where's, where am I feeling? What's going on? And during times when I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going on right now. This is a mess. You know, the world that we live in feels so uh, disconnected in so many ways. And I know I've talked to multiple pastors uh, in multiple different places that are feeling super challenged right now. And one of the things we keep coming back to over and over and over again is saying, but we know who we know who our Savior is. We know that he often uses things that were intended for evil for good. So we can kind of hang our hat on a promise uh, without getting too internally focused on ourselves and say, Lord, I know that you're, this isn't maybe necessarily your will, like Jamie said, but you use things that are not necessarily good for good. We've seen God do that over and over and over in our lives. Yeah. So we can hang our hat on a promise as opposed to having to live kind of in this uncertain place. And I, I kind of personally feel like one of the things that God's called the, the church to kind of rise up in is this place of giving hope like that. To say, Lord, we, we don't know exactly where we're headed, exactly what's going to happen. We never do, honestly, um, in many ways. But we know that you use things continually that are not good for good. And we can just continue to point people to the truth of that. And say, when you're feeling like this is awful and this is going to terrible places, we can say, wait a minute. Who's my, who's my king? Who am I following? And what does he do? He uses things for good. That's what he does. And so I, I personally kind of hang my hat on that one and say, this is where I'm at right now. And, you know, during all this last number of months when we weren't able to meet and all those things that were going on and we had tons of people who were struggling in different areas of their lives, I'm like, but God, you said, and that gives me hope. How about you, Putty? Do you have hope? I wasn't thinking about that because I was thinking about the next question. <laughs> well, well, come on. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I didn't want to leave you out. That's all. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask the next question, and I'll think about it while they're okay. answering. All right. Okay. Good, 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 good. But thank you. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's, I think, so every, every election cycle is an intense emotional experience. But this is 2020. So, so this is, this is uh, uh, above and beyond the rest. Let's just put it that way. Right. And, um, like, yes, we, we know God is good. We know, we know all of these kingdom things. Um, another aspect of this is we're, we're legit human beings. So some of us feel really overwhelmed right now. Some of us feel really disappointed. Some of us feel really frustrated. Maybe some of us feel very hopeful. There's, there is a massive... Uh, spectrum of probably very big emotions <laughs> right now. Here's my question. What's one thing that we can do with our human emotions, which feels so big right now, that can be productive in terms of our forward motion with faith? I'll go first on that one, just because I've been actually thinking about this quite a bit. You know, we, the scripture talks about we we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. That's actually what it talks about. Um, pastorally, I can say this from a pastor's point of view, and you can probably say this from your own point of view. You're pretty good at understanding that verse when it comes to other people. We're pretty bad at understanding that verse when it comes to ourselves. So when we're actually struggling, and I honestly believe this is kind of the truth of where we are in many times, we're just feeling kind of like we're kind of in that place where we're like, yeah, we're not really rejoicing right now. We have to kind of let people into that conversation, I think, yeah. and be able to have it with honor with one another. 
And at the same time, when we're in a good place and we're rejoicing, we share that news as well, and we rejoice together. That's what causes unity. I think you mentioned unity. That's what causes unity to happen. We have to share life experiences. So we share our sorrows. We share our joys. We share our losses. We share our wins. And that doesn't mean we agree. Some people think, oh, that means you have to agree. That actually doesn't mean that. I can actually be sorrowful with someone that I don't necessarily agree with. And I can, I can shed tears with them. I can also rejoice with them. And I think that's kind of the call um, that I've, I've sensed really God's saying. It's like, take time to do this. Allow people into my life, into my places where I'm challenged, and be real. And don't, don't try to just cover it over. Connection with other people. Yep. From, yeah, connection. That's great. Others. Yeah, I, would, I agree. I resonate with that, with connection with other people. Um, and being human, it's not a secret that I had a season where I really battled depression and was on some medication for that. And so when things like 2020 come around, I'm in the back of my head kind of like worried that some of the depression might come back. And so I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. But I think we all need to be taking care of ourselves regardless of that situation. So I, a, just a tip maybe, set a time. Like I don't think we should put our head in the sand and not know what's going on. I think we have a responsibility to know what's happening in our nation and in the election and in any circumstance. But we don't need to be glued to the news stories 24 hours a day. That's not healthy for our mental health, especially going into winter, where mental health is a huge concern yeah. for a lot of people. So I like to set a time where I say, you know, from this time to this time, I'm actually going to read some news articles. I'm going to check social media. I'm going to check different things so that I can know what's going on. But when my timer is done, I'm done. And then for the rest of my time, I want to use that connecting with other people, like you said. I want to go outside with my kids and go for walks. It's been great weather for that this week. I want to have coffee with a friend. I want to, you know, have our small group. We had small group uh, this week, and that was great. And I want to connect with other people, hear their perspectives, and really see them as, you know, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of their stance on any circumstance. Um, yeah, though, those, I mean, Jim, Jamie, that, that's good. I, I think just to p piggyback on, the, on those uh, responses, uh, for me, it's been really important with what I, I, I choose to feed on um, in this time. You know, I've, it's been, you know, like in my human side wants to divulge and just take deep dives in the news 24-7 or just in, 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 other th in other talk radio or and just things that just will be unhealthy for me to be consumed, right? I, I think that there's a, you know, there's a verse in, in Hebrews. Uh, well, this is so pivotal. It's, you know, um, let us uh, uh, run the race with endurance. But how do you do that? You know, you, you run the race by just, you know, making sure that you are not entangled by any of that sin and the weight I think that there's a lot of weight today in 2020, not necessarily sin, but things that may be unhealthy for us mentally to actually be consumed with all the time. And I have to really check myself. May, maybe I need to put the, 
the, the news down. Maybe I need to put the, the newspapers down or, 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 or whatever uh, um, is, uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever read a newspaper, for, like, well, I don't know <laughs> the last time I read a newspaper, but, you know, maybe I need to put the phone down on the articles or whatever, or Netflix down, and just get, get into the Word or get into worship. We were talking about worship and how do we submit to God and, and find new ways to really host his presence. I think that that's been a real thing, one, for my mental health, for me to keep sharp um, in this time and in this season. Not that it's all about, that's all I'm doing is getting in the word, but what are we, what are we feeding on? I think that's really important. What voices are we listening to? That, that matters a lot. I would just say my number one thing I do at this time is pray. That's our most powerful weapon. It's how we bring heaven to earth. And I just want to read you 1 Timothy 2. It's, you've all read it before. Um, I believe this verse, no matter what president is in position, okay? Now, as I read this, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings or presidents and all who are in authority. That includes the dog catcher of, of this county, you know, so all the way down. So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. This pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. See, our job is still to reconcile the world to God. Now, we're going to pray, but I want to tell you something interesting. Jeremiah, and I read my one-year Bible, I've done it for 35 years probably. Jeremiah tried to convince Israel, the Judah camp to go to Babylon, and their lives would be good. And they said, no, you're not hearing from God. And he actually said this, I want you to pray for the peace and prosperity of, of Babylon because their peace and prosperity will be your peace and prosperity. So I don't want you praying that um, things don't go well. I want you to pray things go well because our number one goal is that the gospel has free course, that we can move uh, and, and freely talk about the truth of the gospel, the love of the gospel, and the power of the gospel. If we do those three things, we will succeed under all circumstances. The next four years, the next eight years, the next 12 years, we don't even know what's coming, but we will succeed. And so keep your eyes on the right things. Well, uh, we are actually at about one minute left, so I'll quickly answer your question because right. I was thinking about that as they were talking. I made good on it. Um, I think, I, I can't remember the address right now, but it's the one where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. And I think that that's because right now it feels like everything in life is staring into a fog. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, man, like who knows what Tuesday is going to bring, you know? Um, and perhaps it's just a whole year of this, but even like at this point, I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I feel so blurry about everything. Even I'm like, oh, I know what the media has said. I have no idea where we're going to be a week from now with this whole thing. Like, I'm just, who knows? Um, but Jesus says he's the way, right? And I just keep having this picture, and I think this is maybe the, the picture that I'll, I'll conclude with. I'm supposed to summarize. I'm supposed to stand up and come to the middle. I'm not sure why. But I will, because we're, we're used to seeing someone in the middle or something. Um, but I keep having this picture. It's almost like everything is blurry. Everything is foggy. 
and it's like, gosh, what do I do? And I feel like all Jesus is saying, he's saying, look, all you got to worry about is take the next step. You don't got to worry about where the road is going. Like, just put your foot right there. And when you get your foot there, he'll say, put your foot right there. And I know in times like this, it's hard. I like to see further down the road than one step. I would imagine you like to see further down the road than one step too. But even when, for whatever reason, our world is in a, you get to see only one step, we can trust that God does see the road when we don't see the road. We can trust that God does know where this is going, even when, for whatever reason, we can't right now. And when he says, put your foot there, <laughs> even when it's scary, even when it's hard, even when it's confusing, he knows what he's doing. Any one of us who have had a track record with God, we can look back and we say, you know what? He hasn't messed it up yet. He hasn't let us down yet. He hasn't failed us yet. And I promise you, with everything that 2020 would throw at God, he's still bigger than it. This ain't going to outsmart him. This ain't going to throw him for a loop. <laughs> and so let's all just choose to stay in that scary and hard <laughs> place of trust that God is good. Let me pray, and then I don't know about you, but I really need to worship this morning. I think that'd be good for all of us, right? So, Jesus, I thank you that in everything, 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 God, in the celebrations and in the sorrows and everything in between, you are good and you see so much more than we see. And God, I just ask that um, right now, today, Lord, even just for the next half hour or whatever it is, Lord, we want to get our eyes off of the earthly stuff and onto you, Jesus. You are good. You are beautiful. You are big. You are powerful. You are so worth following. And God, we want to lift you up. We want our focus to come to you. We want our praise. We want our adoration to come to you. And we want our lives to be lived step by step following you. You are the way. I thank you, God, that in hard times, you don't back away. You don't leave us. You draw closer. You draw closer. Jesus, I ask that you would be close to each and every one of us right now. I ask that you would walk with each and every one of us today. And Lord, right now, we lift you up. We esteem you. We praise you. We glorify you because you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And you are worth up here guys worship you Lord worship you Jesus so good to be here with you guys together what an opportunity what a privilege it is to walk the world to walk this earth in 2020 what a high calling isn't that awesome we've been called to walk in this too we've been called to be a beacon of hope unity. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, God. Worship you, God. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise
Praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. 